This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Didn't take long for new Raiders head coach Antonio Pierce to make his first decision. He has benched Jimmy Garoppolo and replaced him with Aiden O'Connell. Oh, boy. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN is the telephone number on the Dr. Pepper call in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The Raiders had been leading toward O'Connell to start against the Giants uh, this coming week. He's already started one game when Garoppolo was hurt. But, boy, what does this say about Jimmy G and where his career is right now? I mean, if he's always been to me, as much as we talk about him as the guy, well, listen, no matter what his numbers are, anywhere he goes, they win, right? It's They win in San Francisco, and that was basically it. It wasn't, let me go to the Raiders and win. That didn't happen. Now, Jimmy G, whatever the numbers are, they're going to win games because he doesn't kill you. But that's the thing, Joe. When you're bringing somebody like that into your organization to replace someone like Derek Carr, you are basically saying, we believe we have enough things around you already that you will be successful. Because Jimmy Garoppolo is never going to go out there and make other players better. He's the guy that you want to go out there and not screw it up. He's Andy Dalton. That's where he is. He's Andy Dalton. He'll be a journeyman the rest of the way. Another team will probably give him a shot as a starter, but no one's going to bring him in as a starter and as a look at the franchise guy. He's going to be a placeholder moving forward and then probably a competent backup type of guy that bounces around a little bit. Garoppolo is perfect in the sense that he now has been the case study for why Kyle Shanahan is such a brilliant offensive mind and why Josh McDaniels isn't a brilliant offensive mind. I think that's what it is. Anyone can sit here and argue that Garoppolo had so much more in San Francisco. He didn't have that much more, right? Like at the end, he had Ayuk and Samuel and Christian McCaffrey got there in that last season. But Garoppolo went to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs the year with, he had Kittle, he had Emmanuel Sanders. I think Debo had just gotten there, but he didn't have Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if he had, I don't think he had Trent Williams then. So, I mean, he came to the Raiders. It's not like they were devoid of talent. They brought Josh Jacobs back, who led the NFL in rushing the year before, if memory serves correctly. They had Devontae Adams. Like, there was talent there. Garoppolo wasn't able to do anything with it. Doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback. It's just he's more of the Andy Dalton type than he is maybe the Matthew Stafford type. So we now know, yeah, Shanahan has shown us how good he is, and McDaniels has shown us where he stands in the pecking order as well. But making the move to Aiden O'Connell, you got to see what you've got in the kid, right? Maybe there's not a lot there, but what's the point of going forward with Garoppolo? Because I don't think Garoppolo was ever meant to be the guy, Carlin. I really don't. I my theory is this bridge guy, bridge guy. Yeah, my theory is this. Car Car's tenure with the Raiders had come to an end. I mean, look, I got it right here. He'd been with the team nine years. He was sixty three and seventy nine over one hundred and forty two starts. That's not all on him, obviously, right? I'm not saying he's a losing quarterback. It's just you knew what you had. It was nine years. It was time to move on. I think that, A, they thought maybe they were in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, and they turned out to 
not win that. And then I also think that in the last draft, they maybe were hoping there was a possibility that C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson was going to fall to them. And none of that happened. So Garoppolo kind of became the de facto guy until they could figure out what was next. Problem is they're never going to get that opportunity because that's the end of the organization. Listen, it's maddening. It's maddening that these are the kind of decisions that are made. Let's listen to Q Myers, host of Game Night, who, of course, is with you out there in Vegas, and he knows the situation pretty well, too, on the decision to move from Carr to Jimmy G, maybe playing a big role in how all this went down this week. If you're going to go out and get your guy, you've got to get the guy. You can't right. just get a guy. And then they ultimately end up with Jimmy G. And I think we all know who Jimmy G is. He's an injury-prone quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, that availability is always going to be a question. And then you say, okay, you know, maybe they know something I don't know. Maybe right. they know how to get the most out of him. Now they're going to open up the offense. But you can see the frustration boiling over and boiling over from players. Something didn't sit right, and, and it just kind of felt like, you know, this team wasn't going in the direction that they needed to go. And so ultimately, I believe that that's why, you know, Mark Davis made the decision. Well, right now, they are sitting here at 3-5. and five. If the draft was today, they'd have the eighth overall pick. The pivot to me, if you're going to go to Aiden O'Connell, is full-on tank. That's where we are. You know, did you think it was at all interesting that the decision was made after the deadline passed? I wonder if that played at all into it with Mark Davis, if he was looking at the deadline and said, wait a second, we didn't do anything. We've got a wide receiver who wants out. Maybe I can get that that number off my books right now. Maybe we can get some assets in return for that. And instead, we opted to not do that. Do you think there was any role in the timing at all of the firing, given that the deadline passed and the Raiders didn't do anything at all with trading those kind of guys away. He's the owner of the team. So if he wanted to see Adams get moved by the deadline and the team didn't do it and he got mad at that and then decided to part ways with everybody, that's on him. Like they have to take his orders. So if he wants to move Adams, he should have been Monday night, Tuesday morning, calling up Ziggler and everybody else saying, we're moving this guy. Get the word out there. Get what you can in return. We're moving on from him. That's on him. So, no, I I think, you know what I think really spurned this? Davis isn't the richest of all the NFL owners. The idea of carrying this contract for as long as he's going to have to pay these guys while paying a new regime, that's not going to sit all that well with him. But I think something's changed with him the last few years now that he's down here in Vegas. He's a part owner of the Las Vegas Aces, the WNBA team. They've won back-to-back titles. People made their jokes about him out on the court dancing with them after they just won that last title a few weeks back. But the thing is, he enjoyed that. He enjoyed that. They yeah. won. They've won twice. That is a hell of an organization they're running down there. Back-to-back championships. And on top of that, he lives in a city where the hockey team just won the Stanley Cup. And everyone in this town loves that hockey team. He is tired of being the owner of the also-ran franchise that's constantly screwing up while everyone around him is succeeding. Because if you go back pre-Vegas, he's in the Bay Area in a building directly next to a basketball arena in which there was a dynasty. 
that was existing while he was still there. Now, they moved across the water, but the Giants had won three World Series in 10, 12, and 14. The Niners had been very successful. Uh, The A's had been in the playoffs. They fell on tough times, obviously. The Sharks were in the Stanley Cup final. His franchise is never doing anything, and I think he's getting sick of it. And I think being down here, winning with the Aces, watching the Golden Knights win, and then watching his franchise just putter along, I think that sped this process up a little bit. I don't think he has as much tolerance for this as he used to. And and I go back to something that you talked about a few weeks ago when we were discussing Vegas as a sports city. They love a winner. Love a winner here. As you talked about, that, the Knights came in and marketed it beautifully of, hey, Vegas born. We're mm-hmm. from here. That's we are Vegas as opposed to the Raiders who just come in. And I can understand where Mark Davis would have the feeling of just coming in. Well, we're an NFL team. We're NFL baby. And everybody is going to gravitate toward that right away. But now it's, it's, it's so clear. They want a winner and the Raiders have been a vagabond organization from when they went to LA and then back to Oakland, like the whole thing It has never felt like a place that was settled into a home, even when they went back to Oakland. So now that's supposed to be the case. Let's see if that plays out that way. But for me, you know, just finding a quarterback who is serviceable. Last part of this, at three and five, at the eighth spot now, with the following teams in front of them, Arizona, Carolina, uh, well, Arizona, Chicago twice, Giants, New England, Green Bay, Indianapolis. Can they find themselves into the top three by the end of the year? Yeah. If you finish the season with three wins, you'd be up there. Yeah. You'd be up there. It's possible they could finish with three wins, right? Well, if they do it the right way. But yep. Antonio Pierce isn't going to want to lose. This is a showcase oh for him. God. Aiden O'Connell's not going to want to lose. This is a showcase for him. What's the organizational mandate? Remember what happened in Houston last year in the last game of the season. Lovey Smith wanted to win that game. The Texans did not. Now, they ended up with C.J. Stroud number two overall, and it's looking pretty good. But that wasn't by design. Let's be very clear about that. That was not by design. Antonio Pierce, I covered him when he was with the Giants. And uh, there was never at any point when I thought to myself, there's a future head coach. And, and a couple of reasons why was, I remember one time there was a, a flyer, like a card going around the locker room for his birthday party. And let's just say it had some cheeks on it. <laughs> it was in his locker as the media came up. And I said, AAP, uh, maybe you want to cover that up right now. <laughs> He's like, oh, thanks. And I was on the float with them when they won the 2007 Super Bowl against the Patriots. And they were having a good time with the linebackers led by AP. They were having a good time. Well, people grow. They mature. They change. Absolutely, they do. I never have. Carlin versus Joe. (laughs) ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. The first college football playoff rankings are out. And somehow everyone in the room is supposed to ignore the biggest story in the sport. Yeah, right. That's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Pat. 
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Ohio State took the number one spot for two-time defending national champion Georgia right behind them at number two. Michigan is number three, while Florida State is number four. I want to see who you beat, how you beat them, and as we progress through the season, are you playing better? You look at Ohio State, and you can't tell me those people sitting in that room, they don't watch how you're playing. Are you getting better? Are you getting worse? Sometimes a win is not just a win. The biggest takeaway is that Florida State might be under some pressure to finish as an undefeated ACC champion. I have to say, I was a little thrown off by what the rankings were and having Florida State fourth among that group. Because, I mean, they've got the LSU win there, the Duke win, okay, whatever. But the LSU win, I think, was a pretty good one at the beginning of the year. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Halloween is over, but hiring... Still a bit scary. Indeed's end-to-end solution helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates, sponsor a job, and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. So the rankings came out last night. One through four, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. What was your initial reaction? My initial reaction is always the same this time of year. Don't panic. Don't get worked up because none of this is going to remain the same two months from now. We don't need to look at this and say, oh, my God, I can't believe the committee. The committee has done an excellent job with the four teams since the inception. There were years where people was upset, where people were upset. I think the one was TCU thought they had a strong case and Alabama got in instead. And then Alabama won the whole thing as a four seed. They have done an excellent job over the years of identifying the four best teams in college football and getting them into the playoff. Ohio State number one is clearly based on resume. They went to Notre Dame and won. They beat Penn State. Nobody's got a resume as good as that. So if you want to put them number one, okay, so be it. It's the Buckeyes. It's not like they came out of left field. Now, Georgia and Michigan at two and three represent two teams that eh, don't have great resumes, but they have buried the opposition at every turn and they're respected programs, at least in terms of what they've done on the field, not from a Stein stealing standpoint. And then Florida State number four, you make a great point. They are undefeated. 
The LSU win was great at the beginning of the year, but LSU has since lost two games. Yeah. So the Clemson win doesn't look all that great because Clemson's really down this year. And the Duke win, while a win over a ranked opponent, it's Duke, and it doesn't get people all that gassed up. So I think they got the the top four are correct, and I'm not going to get too worked up about the order because this will not be the order in a month. Let's listen to Boo Corrigan, the College Football Playoff Selection Committee chair. He is uh, going to be a weekly guest with Ian Fitzsimmons and Amber Wilson on their show uh, each and every night, which is awesome, from 7 to 10 Eastern time. Uh, And this is in relation to Michigan and how the entire sign-stealing scandal plays into this, if at all, at the moment. Our job's, you know, simple, right? I mean, our job is to rank the teams. Our job is to uh, adhere to the protocol that we have. And it wasn't part of the discussion. You, you know, as you're looking at it, we talked about this in the room. Our job is not to project, right? We, we don't project forward into week 11 or week 12. We're not going to project into something. It's an NCA issue. It's not a CFP issue uh, that we're talking about. So, you know, again, we, we were looking at Michigan as a team. I'm not surprised that that's the response right now. It becomes a CFP issue after the NCAA does something about it and actually shows that there is some guilt involved if there is any. So if that's the case, that's when it will become a CFP issue. We got a lot of allegations right now, and we've got what appear to be some some varying degrees of circumstantial evidence. I think the committee's doing exactly what they should do. They don't need to step in and make any rulings on this when no one else has made any rulings on this. Just stick to the football, stick to the body of work, stick to the resumes, do the best you can to craft this. And remember, as of right now, time is on your side. This is not the final installment of the playoff rankings. This is the first edition of the playoff rankings. You have plenty of time to make adjustments and you have plenty of time to see what other evidence and what other decisions will be made in the process. There's no reason to jump out in front of any of this right now. Your job is not to determine whether or not Michigan is guilty of anything. Your job is simply right now to rank the teams from best to worst in terms of the playoff Mm -hmm. and then beyond. That's it. And I think they did a very nice job. If you want to make some arguments about maybe Michigan being two and Georgia being three, I'll listen. Maybe Florida State should be a little higher. I'll listen. Washington fans are probably upset, but the last two weeks against Arizona State and Stanford have hurt them a little bit since that win over Oregon. But they still have plenty of time. USC this week is a ranked opponent. They'll have a rematch with Oregon at the end of the year where they have a chance to have another big win. Washington fans, if you run the table, you will be fine. So there are arguments to be made here, but I think ultimately the committee did an excellent job. I don't think there's anything worth getting upset about here, uh, big picture wise. No, and and clearly the way they put Ohio State at the top was they ranked their Penn State win as an exceptional win, which, I mean, listen, it's a top 10 win. That's the way you look at it, at least when it happened. So I think that's why Ohio State is at the very top. Yeah, but the thing with that is, like, if you really want to dive down, Penn State's not that good. I mean, Indiana last week, they they have looked like crap in a lot of games they've played. I would argue that the best win that anybody has, period, so far this year is probably Texas over Alabama. That's probably the best win for anybody so far, which to me tells you that the real challenges haven't come yet. Okay, Texas over Alabama. Yes, what about Washington over Oregon? Texas, yeah, but Texas went on the road. Yeah. Texas went on the road. That's And every time Bama wins, that looks better and better for Texas. But every time Oklahoma loses, it looks worse for Texas. Exactly. So, 
it, but that's the thing that that's what we're saying is there's there's a lot more to come on that front now to Michigan for a second okay this is fascinating and I want to share this with you the athletic did a poll of 50 coaches assistant coaches staffers across all of college football okay. in relation to what Michigan is accused of and what's right and what's wrong. And I just want to share some poll results because they are very, very interesting, okay? Mm -hmm. Scale of one to five, one being nothing, five being the worst. What is the scale? Where would you put the accusations that are against Michigan in terms of how bad they are? Out of the 50, 39 answered a four or a five. Whoa. Saying it was really, really bad. You got a lot of people out there saying this isn't that big of a deal. The coaches in this poll apparently feel differently. Yeah. And again, there's staffers in there. There's also assistant coaches in there. Should Michigan be punished for this if proven true? 47 out of 50. Yes. Does Jim Harbaugh have plausible deniability of this situation as he has tried to portray? 35 out of 50 say no, and nine are unsure. (laughs) Unsure are probably guys that have worked with Harbaugh. (laughs) I'm unsure. (laughs) Two last ones. Um, How much do you think, do you think that this has played into the success of Michigan since the beginning of 2021? Because remember before that, things were not going great for Harbaugh. So has this played into the success of Michigan, these allegations, since 2021? 37 out of 50 say yes. Okay. And then the last one, which to me is just a no-brainer right now, is now the time to have player-to-coach direct communication. In other words, the earpieces and the headset and the, head fo- and the um, helmets and all that. 42 out of 50 say yes. Would love to meet the eight saying no. They yep. must have great sign stealing systems in place. Because why would you not want to just move on from this? Stop with all the stealing of the signs. Stop sending guys on the road. Stop breaking down the tape. You can eliminate all of it. Just find a way to put the piece in the helmet. I wonder if any other sport does that. Does any other sport have a helmet where you can communicate from the coach to the player in order to get the play in? Does that exist anywhere else? Mm, not that I can think of. Yeah, I mean, going. in baseball, you've got the thing between the catcher you two and the are not now. getting You two are not getting the joke. Of course it exists. It exists in the NFL. It's very obvious. It's well, so obvious that they already should have done it. That's, that's the, the point I'm getting it's at. It's the same is, sport. It's is already sport? out there. It's already out there and being done. NASCAR. Who said NASCAR? Was that Evan? Yes. Yes, it was. You yeah, say more NASCAR in the NFL right now. The That's crew, what favorite. The crew chief is in the driver's ear the whole time. So is the spotter. You said different sport. I'm with sport. Carlin on this. I'm yes. sorry. I work with simpletons. No, I'm no, sorry no, no. That. That was Here's a what you're move. not. That was a and hopefully, here, No, you guys get mad when I question Hembo, though. No. You get mad. So now you're now you're coming at me, but you get mad when I question Hembo. You got to pick a lane, gentlemen. No, here's what I'm going to say. You want to be a comedian? Learn how to set it up properly. That's all I would say. That's what I would say. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. One final quick last thing about it. What this also says to me, Joe, if their allegations are proven true and Michigan gets a slap on the wrist, look out, Jack, because 
everyone on the planet who isn't doing it yet is going to be doing it. Make sure that we know that's true. Speaking of Michigan, the school at the center of the latest sign-stealing scandal actually played last night. And you won't want to miss what their head coach had to say. It's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. It's always a good moment when we have our guy Paul Feinbaum on of the Paul Feinbaum Show in this Good Hands Moment of the Week. Brought to you by Allstate with insurance from Allstate. You'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. Mr. Feinbaum, it's Chris, it's Joe. As always, we appreciate your time. And we want to start with playing a clip from Jim McElwain from last night, the head coach at Central Michigan. Of course, the story came out yesterday that Connor Stallions, or somebody who looked like Connor Stallions, was <laughs> spotted in a... What is a sentence I never expected to say in my life? Someone who looked like Connor Stallions um, was spotted on the Central Michigan bench in the opener against... Michigan State potentially stealing more signs there. Here is Jim McElwain's response to that after the game that they played last night in some action. We've obviously are aware of a picture floating around so with the the uh, the sign stealer guy. You know, our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Um, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. Uh, I certainly don't condone it. Uh, in any way, shape, or form. And, uh, you know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Now we just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out. But it's in good hands with our people. And, again, uh, you know, there, there's there's no place in football for that. Paul, the floor is yours. Well, well Jim is uh, completely right. And, and, guys, we've talked about this for two weeks. And, and I, I was slow to come around because I really felt Maybe we were all just indicting Jim Harbaugh because, you know, he's a creep and he, he thumbs his nose at, at everyone, uh, including uh, those of us who, who try to cover him honestly and objectively. But this thing is now gone, not to DEFCON 1, but maybe to 2 or 3, when it's, a, it's an extremely serious situation. And there's not a coach in college football that does, does this to this extent. They all steal signs, but nobody uh, – is as surreptitious and as uh, disingenuous as, as what I believe this program is doing. Now, ultimately, uh, can we lay it at, at, at Jim Harbaugh's feet? Uh, not yet, but I think we're getting there. You know, Jim McElwain was an assistant at Michigan in 2018. He was the wide receiver coach, so that's clearly a connection people are going to start to draw and talk about. You covered McElwain, obviously, when he was at the University of Florida in the SEC. I, what do you think of this? I mean, just his connection to the entire thing. Well, I, I think he knows. I mean, uh, by the way, I mean, every coach in college football knows what's going on here. 
uh, including those who have had a front row seat to to what Harbaugh is doing. And, and you know what's really interesting? Harbaugh has a few friends out there uh, in this industry. I mean, he's come up uh, with, with a lot of top-ranked people. Have you, have you heard anybody defend him yet? No. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't heard anyone stand up. And, uh, you know, some people may have said, we, we don't have all the facts. I was one of those. Uh, but I haven't heard one person say, I, I really believe Jim Harbaugh is a really good person. There's no way this could happen. And what's even more egregious is this is the same guy eight years ago, seven years ago, calling out Kirby Smart, calling out Nick Saban, essentially saying that uh, the SEC were a bunch of cheaters and, and this group were a bunch of cheaters as if, as if he had never uh, you know, had an overdue library book. Paul Feinbaum with us for the Paul Feinbaum Show. What strikes me right now is normally, Paul, this would strike it would occur to me to be a more of an honor among thieves of we're not going to talk about anybody else lest somebody come in and investigate our house and what's going on with us. But yet it feels like behind the scenes right now, there are plenty of people lining up here on Harbaugh. Is that your read on this? It is. And, and, I think what's really interesting is we're now in, in, in the crux of the season we, you know, with the first CFP rankings, which came out last night, which I think we all agree don't mean very much. Um, we're talking about the possibility of, of Michigan ending up in one of those four spots. It's overwhelmingly possible and leaving someone else out who, who may have earned the spot, honestly. And I think the perception now among almost everyone in college football is that Michigan is cheating. Michigan is doing things that are completely uh, outrageous to the sport. And, and, I, and again, I, I think it's always worth re- reminding people, coaches steal signs all the time during games, before games. No one, in, in my recollection, has ever sent anyone out in advance to, to do what, what they are accused of doing here. That That's the crime. And the fact that yeah, the Harbaugh hasn't said anything about it. Understandable, but that, 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 that's not stopping some attorney for Harbaugh to come out and and, and slap his hand against the, the podium. That's not stopping the university. I haven't heard anybody from the university. All, all I've seen is a report the other day from the Wall Street Journal that they have put a pause on offering his, him a new contract. And on top of that, uh, no, back to what we said earlier, no, no, no one is vouching for his credibility. Because the guy doesn't have any credibility. So the committee comes out last night. They put Michigan three. Now I'll throw this out there because I find it interesting. The Vegas odds makers see Michigan as the top team in the country. They are the favorites to win the national championship. The committee sees it differently. They rank them third. Now they told us that they did not factor any of this into the equation. Do you buy that? And do you think all the way through this process, they will continue if it currently stands where it is to ignore this when it comes to their rankings? Well, I don't believe they've ignored it, and here's why. Uh, Ward Manuel, the athletic director at Michigan, is is on this committee. So you you hear the people say, well, of course, he recuses himself. (laughs) Well, that's only when they're talking about Michigan. But these 12 people are living together for three days. Now, they're they're not 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 a hard life by the way i mean with 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 caviar and uh, and, and, and and italian wines uh, at a five star resort even in grapevine texas but the point being they're asking him i mean if if you were on that committee 
you would ask, hey, Ward, what's the deal with you and Harbaugh? And by the way, it's, it's well known. This isn't some speculation. These two guys hate each other, uh, <laughs> which I don't think is hard to do if you've ever met Jim Harbaugh. Uh, so it, it's fascinating what Ward Manuel is signaling to his colleagues on this committee. And these guys really become friends. I mean, they're, yeah, you remember when you were in high school, you went away for the weekend with a group of people on a leadership deal. Now, I'm sure you didn't do that, Joe. You're too busy, uh, you know, figuring out the odds. Uh, but, but, but some people do that, uh, and so I, I mean, I think it, I think the only group, the only entity right now that can stop this train is the Big Ten commissioner Tony Batiti. But he doesn't want to. He, uh, the Big Ten doesn't want to get rid of their cash cow. They're, they're the best thing they have going for it right now, especially if if if, if Michigan knocks Ohio State out of the playoffs. So it's, it's an intriguing situation. I don't think we've ever been at, at, at a precipice like this before in, in, the, in the history of the college football playoff. Uh, we've had teams that were susceptible, uh, but uh, players, I should say, susceptible. Cam Newton in 2010, we weren't sure whether he'd be eligible, but it turned out that he was. But, but that's where we are right now as we head toward the turn in college football. Paul, great stuff. Appreciate it as always. Can never get enough fine bomb, especially on Harbaugh. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> My pleasure, guys. Thank you. Have a great show. Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show on SEC Network. Ryobi is awesome. Let me tell you why. This Saturday, you can make cleanup easy with the Ryobi 18-volt, one-plus cordless leaf blower from the Home Depot. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. The best bet in all of sports continued last night. It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe, pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 60, 52, and one overall, up 2.37 units. Let's go to the association. Warriors play the Kings tonight in what should be a very feisty basketball game. DeMontis Sabonis of the Kings. Let's bet him over 12 and a half rebounds, minus 110. He has a lot of success against the Warriors when it comes to cleaning up the glass. In the last two years against Golden State, he's averaging 13.2 rebounds per game. And in the Regular season last year against Golden State, four meetings, 14 or more rebounds in all four of those games. Numbers dropped off a bit in the playoffs, but that's because of rotations and situations and things that don't necessarily occur in the regular season. Pizza money number two, DeMontis Sabonis, over 12 and a half rebounds, minus 110. There's a new superstar in the NBA. Wimby, the deep catch, the turn, season, Carlin versus Joe have their eyes on Victor Wimbenyama. That was so, so special. This is Wimby Watch. It's Victor Wimbenyama Day. And Joe ain't lying. He knows them better than his parents. It's Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Remind the fans where we went last night on Let me watch. All right, so we've been on something since the beginning of the season, and sometimes you pull a thread and it happens to work out in sports betting, and then you ride the train and life is good. And so far, life has been very good for us in one specific regard. Betting over on Victor Wembenyama turnovers. Now, I want to be very clear about something, and we'll reiterate this at the end. We love this kid. We're rooting for him. We think he's fantastic. 
Okay, there's a lot to love and we will discuss that. But there's an angle here that's been profitable. And as a result, we've been taking advantage of it. So in game one of the season, his turnover prop was one and a half. We bet the over that he would have two or more turnovers. And we laid some juice on that. But it was based on the fact that he was only playing 20 minutes per game in the preseason, but still recording about three turnovers per game. We made the bet. We won. Game number two, they bump it up to two and a half. The word's starting to get out. Props no longer one and a half turnovers. It's two and a half. We bet over. It cashes again, and then again, and then last night again. He's had four or more turnovers in every single game he's played. And last night when we gave it out, Carlin, the prop was now up to three and a half, juice minus 105. We won't get into the details of that necessarily, but we bet it again. It was a heat check bet. We said the bookmakers keep raising it. We're 3-0. and It's a heat check shot, and we shot it, and he had four turnovers with six and a half minutes to go in the second quarter, and we were already home free. So we're 4-0 and on this prop. We'll continue to assess the market. We'll continue to keep you, the people, apprised of what we're doing, but so far it's been great. But I don't want to dwell necessarily on the turnovers because it makes it sound like we're bashing the kid. He's been pretty awesome so far. That win last night was fantastic. That oh, was awesome. They were down 20 to the Suns and found their way back. He had a huge dunk, cut the Suns' lead to 114 to 113 with six seconds left. And then Kevin Durant... Standing in the corner, just had Keldon Johnson come from behind and take the ball away from him. And Durant stood there for about another five to eight seconds with his hands up, just not moving like, guys, I got completely mugged there and fouled. Meanwhile, Johnson goes up, makes the layup with 1.8. Spurs win that game. Here's Webin Yama, first of all, about facing Durant. I mean, he's... KD, he's just like in the highlights, but uh, everything expected. But, you know, it's, it's, it's what I thought before even doing my first game, that every night is going to be special in a way or another. And, yeah, sometimes, you know, I want to think like, yo, this is a guy that I've watched for 10 years. It's like my idol, but I got to lock in and think, yeah, this is my, he's going to try and step on me the whole game. So I got to step, I got to lock in and... I don't care he's my idol. I got to go into them. And to your point earlier, like, we're going to have fun watching this guy play. Oh, my God. He's so good. And it's it, it's just – and it's only going to get better once he feels out and figures out all of the nuances of the game. He's just so, so dominant with what he is. And, like, it's almost funny. Like, the basketball purist wouldn't want to root for the guy because he's got all these physical characteristics that make him dominant, but it's too good to watch. Plus, did you see him show up to the arena as Slender Man? Yeah, it was a little creepy. To it be was a little creepy. Very, yeah, little a little might be underestimating it. It yeah. was very creepy. Yeah, I anybody with that whole white hood over in the black suit, like I could have done without that. I don't know. Yeah. Now they're showing it again on the feed. Team. I'm not. Yeah. That, yeah. that is, that's going to haunt me a bit. Yeah. No, because, you know, he's like 20 feet tall, which is already a little bit terrifying. That is, but I'm, I'm going to die. That is, I'm going to die. That has, imagine I'm that guy coming at you in a dark alley looking like that. It no. turns out it's just Victor Wembanyama, right? No. Number Absolutely. one overall pick. Nice yeah. guy. But if he's walking in a dark alley looking like that coming for you, what are you doing? Yeah. We'll be I'm clear. You're not like running hell. away because, <laughs> I mean. You, you don't think I can outrun anybody, do you? 
Well, I mean, he's like seven feet tall. I don't know how what his straight line speed looks like. You th- you strike me as like an alligator. If I oh. move left and right laterally, the alligator's going to get confused and might not be able to keep up. Like, isn't that what they say if an alligator's coming yeah. after you? Me, I'm zigzagging. Exactly. <laughs> zigzagging. Zigzagging. Zig. It's like the three-cone drag. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, look at what he's doing this year. 16 points a game, seven and a half rebounds a game, one and a half assists, one and a half steals, 2.3 blocks. He's playing 27 minutes a night. And oh, by the way, and this is going to be my favorite part because we can't complain about it when it happens and then not applaud it when it doesn't happen. Four games played by the Spurs. Wembenyama has played in all four games. They haven't yeah. rested him yet. I'm not saying play him all 82 games. Whatever Pop's going to do with this kid, I trust him. I think he's earned that right. But I love the fact that we're not already load managing. And he played 30-plus minutes in that second game of the year against Houston when they were down the stretch trying to win it. I think they came up short in that game, but still, I like the fact that they let him stretch it out a little bit in a competitive game. I, I am just utterly fascinated by this story. I think this kid is going to be the next big thing like a lot of people do, and he's been so much fun to watch early in the season. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. There is a little bit of breaking news today regarding uh, the NFL and a quarterback change. Breaking, breaking news? And this comes out of Atlanta. Arthur Smith, the Falcons head coach, making the announcement. You know, just for this week, you know, just with all the variables. You know, just kind of consider everything the last 72 hours and what we feel is good, best for this week for us, uh, you know, against Minnesota. Taylor will play this week. Taylor Heineke to start as opposed to Desmond Ritter. Welcome to the inevitable. Thank God. Desmond Ritter is tough to watch. What What is he talking about? He He made it a point to say multiple times just for this week. Just for this week, you know, we're, we're going to assess the variables just for this week. Maybe we end up playing the audio again. Maybe we don't. But he said it multiple yeah, times. I'll play it right now. Go ahead. Right now. You know, just for this week, you know, just with all the variables, you know, just kind of consider everything the last 72 hours and what we feel is good, best for this week for us, uh, you know, against Minnesota, Taylor will play this week. You know, all that is is making sure that he keeps Ritter's confidence somewhat intact. Well, I mean, if you're the head coach, it's, it's you should you think you'd be building up Heineke. If Heineke's now the guy, build him up. He gives us the best chance to win. We thank Desmond for everything he's done. We want to assess some things with him. We want to work on some stuff with him. He's got a bright future ahead of him. But for right now, the best chance for us to win is Taylor Heineke because we're trying to win a division. We're trying to get to the playoffs. Wasn't a whole lot of confidence coming out of uh, Arthur Smith there. Little 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 unnerving if that's the the announcement as to what they're doing it feels like they're kind of trying to slip that one between the uh between the news cycles yeah well they're not and i i think it felt inevitable to begin with yeah and desmond ritter is not very good and the falcons are in a position where i i don't know they're going to be in a spot to be able to draft a quarterback again so you are looking at this continuing to be a problem what does Mark Davis do next? This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.